Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You were meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I am Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. And today we are simulcasting with Facebook Live. So if you want to see what we look like when we're giving our show, (laughs) you can go on to uh, one of our Facebook sites and uh, join us as long as uh, you have the equipment to do so. Well, for this season of shows, we've had the theme of communication A wonderful theme, as it turns out to be, and we've been exploring communication in its various facets and who we communicate with and how. Today, we'll have fun with the subject. Michael gave it a fun title. Old MacDonald Had a Farm, Communicating with Animals. With a moo-moo here and a quack-quack there and meow-meows and woof-woofs everywhere, Old MacDonald must have had quite a time staying in communication with all of his farm animals. Well, how are you with communicating with your pet dog? Woof. Your beloved cat, hamster, (laughs) bird, or goldfish. Do you say hello to the dog that is a stranger Walking past you, do you say hello? Does the dog say hello back? Do you have a conversation with the fish in the freshwater aquarium (laughs) at the fancy restaurant you had dinner uh, at last week? Would you like to? I was just reminiscing the other day with Michael about all the wonderful daily dog walks we had with our Shanti, who passed away two years ago when we were still living in Mount Shasta and all the dogs we met and befriended along the way. Then I realized that I knew the name and and breed or mixed breed of every dog in the neighborhood, but embarrassingly, I didn't know the names of their humans. I think that's kind of common, actually. Yes, it is. (laughs) At least, old McDonald would have been proud of me. Well, if you've ever befriended a furry or not-so-furry creature in your life, it's hard to believe that there are people in this world that believe that animals don't have souls. What? (laughs) And that they, the animals that is, are dumb and that we can't communicate with them. Many times I find myself it's easier speaking with a dog or cat or another creature than trying to communicate with some (laughs) hard-headed humans. (laughs) <laughs> what? <laughs> but of course, each creature speaks its own language and has its own culture. Just like getting to know someone from a different country, <clears throat> little craggy voice this morning, just like getting to know someone from a different country who speaks a language foreign to you and lives in a culture quite different from yours, to communicate with an animal, you have to get to know that animal's language and culture at least a little, to have good communication, don't you think? And 
How do we get to know more about anyone? First and foremost, we have to be interested in them, right? There's always been those of us who learned to daily communicate with certain animals. In more recent years, there have been increasing numbers of those who have gained a certain mastery of communicating with a particular species who have stepped out into a more public arena and become known as a horse whisperer or a dog whisperer or even an elephant whisperer. And I think it's interesting that somebody's even come up with the, uh, uh, I don't know, title of baby whisperer because a baby is actually more like an animal when it first comes in. Yes, we need a lot more human whisperers, too. Yes, absolutely, because a baby can't speak yet. So they communicate mostly with cries and things. So there's other ways you can communicate with that baby. Well, anyway, they've learned not only how to communicate with their animal friends on a casual level, but also on some highly technical levels, <clears throat> such as exactly what the humans need to do with that particular creature for it to get healthier and happier. That's like the difference between a good driver of cars to becoming a top mechanic. Both require good communication, but one also requires the ability to communicate much more specifically on technical levels. You can have great communication with an animal as one of your besties, but when that animal needs, say, surgery, you might have to rely on a specialist in that field. Yet, you would be just as important as the vet or perhaps even more when it comes to communicating with your animal friend to help her through the whole healing process. So just because you discover that your cat was dehydrated until he was not doing too well, it doesn't mean that you're not very good at communicating with that animal. So when when you're um, best friends with an animal, is that your... Beastie bestie? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yes, indeed. I know that today there are more and more workshops and courses popping up in the world taught by expert animal communicators through which those who are interested can learn to communicate more effectively with animals in general or with a select species. Yet everyone has the innate ability to communicate with animals, just as everyone has the innate ability to communicate with humans in spite of themselves. (laughs) When you commit to learning to communicate with animals from a teacher, you're not starting from scratch. You already know how to communicate with an animal on a basic level, but you'd like to learn to do so much more effectively or more easily or in some way step up your ability to communicate. It's like you already speak a language at a basic conversational level, but you'd like to go further in your development as a communicator. We all can talk, but we may need training to become a more effective, say, public speaker. So the first step in learning to communicate with an animal is owning that you already do communicate with animals on a basic level. After all, you pretty well can tell when a cat really likes you or is afraid or can't stand you, right? That's basic communication. It's already there. Once you own that, then you can build up from there. What else is important at the first step is recognizing that 
intuition plays a huge part in your communication with animals. It is also just just as important in your communication with humans, but often overlooked or even being ignored because your communication with humans also have a strong intellectual component. But that intellectual part isn't going to be there with an animal. Animals are extremely intelligent, but their intelligence isn't intellectual, at least not like a human's. As for humans, on the other hand, there are many humans who are intellectual geniuses, but really can't communicate very well with others except on an intellectual level. So when you see um, like a dolphin, yeah, animal like a dolphin, that seems to, they're so intelligent. I think in many ways, (laughs) they're they're smarter than us a lot of ways. But when you see someone, some animal like a dolphin, that so easily gets what the human is trying to get them to do or, you know, communicate. And even intellectual stuff, it seems like they're, they're very mathematical and, and understand, you know, mathematics and spatial relationships and stuff. And even when people, humans, talk to them on an intellectual level, they seem to understand a lot of that. Well, when you see that, it's not because they're intellectualizing. They're, they're using a different intelligence. Dolphins are incredibly intelligent creatures. And... Um, uh, they intuit, they, they experience directly the information, the communication, everything. So the, if you have, the human could be very much intellectually going, okay, I want you to go do this. And they're just, that's their concentration. It's all intellect. And even uh, scientists doing that could be on a very academic level. And then the dolphin goes and does it or gets what they're trying to get them to do. And so then it's, it'll be easy to say, oh, yeah, they're, they're intellectual. But no, they're not intellectualizing. They're, it's direct communication. They get the information on a what we, we, what we would call it intuitive level. They just know the answer. And uh, so then they'll, they'll go, okay. Uh, I feel you, I see you clairvoyantly, energetically, I experience what you're saying, and I get the picture. They, they read pictures in your mind. So if the, if the person, the trainer, has a very good picture of, a very clear image of, okay, dolphin, I want you to go get that fish over there, or I want you to go jump through that hoop or whatever, it's not just they'll do it because, they get fed afterwards, um, but they'll do it for fun. They'll they'll look at your picture. Okay, got it. That's so silly. That's so simple. You know, anybody can do that. <laughs> at least any dolphin could do that. <laughs> and and so that's that's the communication. It's it's not intellectual, and it's just like on a different level. You're when you're talking with a baby. When you're, Raphael mentioned, you know, baby whisperer. Well, you know, so many times in a in an airplane, uh, you know, parents with little babies, and they'll start crying, and oh my God, 
I I would hate to be that baby because when when the baby starts crying, so many people get upset and they start throwing a lot of energy, a lot of anger and shut up and, you know, I'm trying to sleep or I'm trying to watch this movie or whatever. And they get they get disturbed by the child's cry. And most people don't realize they're getting disturbed, not just the sound of the crying, but the discomfort uh, that the baby is in. And so everybody's psychic, but most people shut that down and, and ignore it. And so they, they try to ignore it, and it's, that's what's really bothering the people who get bothered by babies crying. Uh, and, and so then they project it onto the baby and, okay, you know, you shut up and be quiet. And, oh, it's, it's not a nice communication, right? It's not gentle. It's very demanding, and it's not really communicating to that soul that's the baby. And a lot of people uh, blame it on the parents and just go, they start throwing a lot of energy to the parents going, hey, why don't you shut your kid up, you know, and, and all of that. So there's so much energy that the child starts to scream even more. But even in the midst of that, there's been times where, oh, I just look and ground the baby and uh, so that they're not as directly affected by everybody's energy and they're already responding to the the discomfort of everybody practically on the plane we're all squished into this you know tin can so to speak <laughs> it's not the best thing uh, you know it's not like a, a relaxing vacation even if that's where you're going so then the minute you have a little give that child the space or the dolphin or the dog or the cat, a little space to just be who that being is, then they'll be, oh, they'll settle down too. They'll go, oh, thank God. Someone's paying attention. Someone's listening. Someone's allowing us to be who we are. I'd like to um, address what Michael was talking about a minute ago about the intellect of animals. That doesn't mean, when, when he was talking about that, they do operate very much intellectually, I mean intuitively, but also many animals that are being born nowadays are of a very high intellectual capacity. Well, they know, they, they can read and yeah, understand like, those things. Exactly. But it's... It's how they get that is from seeing. You know, if the human has the letter A in their head. Right. That's, they get that. They see it. Exactly. But I just wanted to share a fun little story about our dog, Ico. We might have shared this one on our last show on animal communication, but it kind of brings a point home of um, Aiko was a Nikita dog, and we unfortunately had to keep her in kennel wherever we lived because she could be dangerous. But when she was fairly young, uh, about 10 months old, uh, she was she had this big tiger ball, big gigantic ball, and it had gotten into the, uh, the dog house she had inside of her kennel, and she wanted to pull it out. And she tried to, but um, when she was rolling it, uh, and backing herself out, she was she couldn't get it out because her head and her body got stuck at the hole. So she went over in the corner of the kennel and just stared at that ball for about an hour, 
And then she figured out she could go in, go behind the ball, and push it out. And that's really like um, figuring out a mathematical yeah, yeah, problem. It so is. they are very capable of that. So anyway, uh, we're coming on our first break right now. And I'd like to remind you that this coming Saturday, August 24th, this is really important, from 10 a.m. to noon, we'll be teaching uh, the first teleclass in our brand new teleclass set, uh, you might be more psychic than you think, and it's this seven-part, seven-week series has a special title: "Your Psychic Development, Your Happy, Your Happiness and Your Chakras." Let me say that again: Your Psychic Development, Your Happiness and Your Chakras. Each of the seven classes in this set will cover one of your major chakras: what they are, how they are essential in your daily life and spiritual growth, how you can become more aware of them and how to take care of them for your optimal health and happiness. The first teleclass in this set will be your first chakra, self-preservation, groundedness, and beingness. If you've never joined us for a teleclass, which you can do from anywhere in the world, check it out. You'll learn simple but powerful psychic tools to help you live your life more joyfully as the spiritual being you are in this world. For all the details, go to our website, michaeltamora.com, events calendar for August 24th. To sign up, you can also call our office and talk to our lovely assistant, Noel, Monday to Friday business hours specific time at 530-926-2650. We'll return in a couple minutes and we'll continue with Old McDonald Had a Farm, Communicating with Animals. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. We hear just be you a lot these days. But who are you? What is an authentic life? The answer to these questions and more will be answered on The Authentic Living Show. Hosted by Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of today's spiritual, psychological experts and will provide her own wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your I am. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. If you are looking to deepen your understanding of karma, the law of attraction, metaphysics, mindfulness, and intuition, be sure to tune in each week for You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind with host Katherine Potter. Catherine and her insightful guests will show how everything interconnects, explaining concepts and modalities that connect the mind and body. It's a refreshing look at the universe and the laws that govern it. Listen every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to Lead Up for Women. Speak up to Lead Up as we celebrate the influence of women in business and beyond. Your host, Colleen Biggs, speaks with guests who have stories to share, have faced adversity, and have become success stories in business, in their communities, and in personal accomplishments. Join the strong and the brilliant ones and understand that the world is ready for you to be at your best. Lead Up for Women is heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. 
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back to today's episode Paul McDonald had a farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Communicating with animals. Well, one of the things I wanted to bring up sometime in the show, so I think this is a good time as any, is I had a favorite book I read back in the 1970s, and it's still in print because I looked it up just before we went uh, live today. And the book was called, is called Kinship with All Life by J, that's his first initial, J. Allen, A-L-L-E-N, Boone, B-O-O-N-E. It was uh, printed in 1976 and really had a big effect on me because um, the story is a very tiny little book, so it's a fast read, but the story is about this guy who first takes on uh, the babysitting job of a movie star dog. And it starts from there. He gets in communication with his dog. He, you know, is one of those surprise things, kind of like my story, where my first touch-in with communicating with animals was a total surprise. And maybe I'll tell that story in this show. But um, he goes from realizing he can communicate with other animals. And I think he has this Scottish fold cat that's pretty amazing. And it goes all the way down to being able to communicate even with a fly. So amazing little story. And for those of you that are interested in just hearing somebody's first experience with touch-ins, with communicating with animals, how he did it on his own, and the results of it is kind of an amazing story. Yeah. And... Speaking of that, Raphael, you know, you've always naturally communicated well with, especially dogs and cats. Yes. And uh, <laughs> with our current male Tonkinese kitty, Merlin, <laughs> you are truly the cat's meow. <laughs> he just meows, meows after her, you know, longingly. Oh, Raphael. <laughs> I don't know. Should I get jealous? or <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but Raphael is Merlin's cat's meow. And what is it that you naturally, you know, uh, when you when you kind of reflect on how is it that you get to communicate so well with say, cats, or, again, with dogs, too. But um, not so much with, really, the big cats. You had trouble with those. <laughs> but I learned. You learned. I did learn. <laughs> but uh, what's some of the first things that, you know, you always do with, say, Merlin or Mystic or kitties that you get into such good communication with them? Well, for, for, for the first thing is that when we have animals as our friends at our households, we call them our pets, but I think 
um, animal companion is a much better term. And it's not just politically correct. It's actually more correct for those of us who are much more aware. And we have much more respect for the people that yeah. the animals are. You exactly. Know? Yeah. And, you know, some, some people are calling it finding the personhood in <laughs> animals. So <clears throat> some animals are trying to make persons so that um, they can't be killed for, for food and that sort of thing. But one of the first things I found is that when you have a pet companion, an animal companion, is just paying attention to it now and then. You know, okay, you take your dog for a walk, you feed your dog, but do you pay any other attention to it or mm-hmm. is it just on its own for the rest of the day? So that's the very first one. And also finding that heart connection with them. And one of the ways I do that is speaking, talking to them out loud. You can also talk to them telepathically because they hear you. And if you don't believe me on this, those of you who have cats, <laughs> call your cat without doing it out loud. Uh, unless you have one of those stubborn cats who plays games with you about that. But a cat, let's say, that comes when it's called, its name is called, call it just telepathically, mentally. And give it a moment or two, and and you'll notice they'll show up. I do that. One of the things with Merlin that I like doing is um, before we leave the house, I like to make sure they're not stuck in a cabinet somewhere. So I'll call both of them, and Mystic always comes. She's she's an easy cat. She loves everyone. <laughs> she's a cuddle bug. Merlin is a little more picky about who he's around, but he, he also sometimes gets stuck in cabinets. Yes. Then one of the one of the secrets of telepathically communicating with animals, at least with kitties and and dogs too, and and people, mm-hmm. is some people go okay. I'm they they put so much effort. Uh, I'm telepathing you to come to me. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't gonna work. <laughs> Would it work for you? No. <laughs> so one of the things to think about is, oh, if I'm communicating, if some work. One were communicating to me this way, would I want to respond in a in in kind, right? No, I'd run away. Okay, then that's not going to work. But when Raphael telepathically communicates to Merlin or uh, Mystic to come, she just puts it out there, and then she lets them come to her. She she puts her attention on other things. She goes, you know goes about doing whatever she's doing, and she just goes, okay, Mystic, I need to talk to you or I need to see you, so come on over. And then she goes around and lets her be, lets Mystic be, and then Mystic just goes, oh, okay. Because especially creatures like cats, they're very independent. They don't want to be controlled. (laughs) That's right. Just like all of us. (laughs) So, so if it's, if Raphael were instead going, Mystic, come over here right now, you better be sure she isn't going to come. She's going to be so hidden somewhere, you know, you're not going to find her, even if you went looking. But if she just goes, hey, Mystic, come on over. Let's, let's cuddle or let's have a talk or whatever. Then, within a very short time, there comes Mystic, tail up and going, what? What What do you want? (laughs) What do you want? One of my favorite uh, proofs for me on this communication thing, besides when I'm calling to them to make sure they're okay before I leave the house, is when I'm brushing them. 
And Mystic especially loves to plop down on the ground, and I'll brush and brush her for a few minutes. And she's a very small cat. She weighs about five pounds. So, you know, brushing, you don't have to do very much to do a lot. And then it'll be time for her to turn over. So what I do is I step, kind of pull my energy back, and I go, okay, Mystic, turn over. And it actually takes about 45 seconds. So you got to give these guys a chance to respond to you. And then she'll go, oh, and then she plops over. It's very cool when that happens. Yeah, you can't be rushing around a lot, especially with certain animals. They, they're they just, you know, it's like, okay. They work at their own pace. Yeah. Absolutely. So an- another thing that I do is validate them when they attempt to communicate with me. If they're pestering me for something, if I push them away too much, um, they stop trying to communicate with me. So... A lot of times what I'll do is if one of them is really pestering me or if I have them locked out of the room I'm in, such as when I'm working, I'll go out, I'll put them in my lap and go, okay, what is it? And sometimes they'll communicate very clearly in pictures or through their heart chakra and they'll just say, I wanted to just have a few minutes with you and that's all we needed. Merlin does that with me all the time and he'll jump off and that'll be it and he'll be quiet for the next three hours or at least five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just had that uh, yesterday morning. He was behind the closed door uh, meowing, meowing because he's hungry and it's not time for his, his dinner yet. So I was in the kitchen and he hears me and he starts meowing, 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 kind of this obnoxious meow. And I go, okay. It was just like the thing I said about babies, right? It's, oh, yeah, he's hungry. You know, it's not comfortable being hungry. And he wants his food. But more than anything, just like Raphael said, he wanted to be heard, just like us. Mm-hmm. They want to be heard first. Yep. So... I grounded myself, and I grounded him, and I gave him space to just be himself, be hungry or whatever he, wherever he is. And I said, hello, telepathically, to Merlin. I said, I hear you. It's not time yet for your dinner, and it's coming soon. And then he just stopped. In the middle of meowing, he stopped. He listened. I can tell he was just totally listening to my telepathic communication, and he goes, oh, and he was quiet for another five minutes or ten minutes, in, you know, instead of constant meowing. Yeah. And, and, of course, you'll be fed in a little while. I wasn't clear on exactly how long is a little while. Well, saying 15 minutes isn't going to mean anything. To a cat or a dog, we learned that with Aiko, our Akita dog, she would go bonkers every time I went on a long trip, more than three days. We realized three days she was fine, but on the fourth day she would go bonkers, fifth day, whatever, and Raphael had to work with her. And finally, one day I'm observing her and communicating with her, and I go, Oh, yeah. Three days is in her mind. Three days was I'm the alpha dog, right? And I went hunting and um, or whatever I go do. And then within three days, I come back. And that's okay. 
But if I'm gone more than three days, something's happened to me. And that's why she would go bonkers on the fourth day and fifth day and sixth day. She would feel disconnected. Yep. And worry. She just worried that something bad happened to me. But then I would come back and she'd be so relieved first and then happy. And so once I noticed that before, if I was going to leave for a week, then I would show her the picture, a very clear image of Okay, I'm going to, how do, I, how do I say seven days? Oh, it becomes day and night, day and night. That she has a, like a Swiss accuracy clock. <laughs> so so I, I go, okay, morning till night, night till morning, morning till night, night till morning. I go through really fast seven days cycle of day and night. And then I gave her the picture that then I'll return home and be with her. And she got it. There was another part we added to that because it really was a problem. When uh, This was when Michael and I didn't always travel together. We always do now. But um, another thing that we did was, especially if he was leaving by airplane, we oh, would yeah. put her in the back of the car when I drove Michael to the airport and we got to let her see him going in. And then when we picked him up seven or whatever, however many days later, uh, I would bring her again so she could see him coming out of the building. So once we did that twice, she understood when he's going in that building, he'll be coming out again exactly. sometime. Yeah. So that was, and you know, travel is a really important part of um this whole thing of being able to stay in communication with your animals. Um, and that is when you're away from your animal, I don't know about you, but when I'm away from my animals, the first few days away, I, I just feel kind of heartbroken. And what I'm feeling is they're missing us. And of course, we and get, vice versa. And too. vice versa. Yeah. And, and of course, we get very good care for our animals when we're away. But one of the things that I learned to do was say hello to my heart chakra, where I always felt them. Uh, when we're traveling, and every morning and every evening, I would say hello to them. And if they came into my awareness, like if all of a sudden I'm looking at Merlin right in my mind's eye, I would say, what's up with you? And he, he might say, where are you? Or he might say to me something like, I'm hungry. And so I can communicate with him that way and just say, well, your caretaker should be there soon. And sometimes I'll check up on the caretaker to make sure they are. Um, but mostly it's just them checking up, up on us and us checking in on them. And so when you are away, if you make it a daily practice, even just for a few minutes, to say hello to your animals. Animals hear your hello very much on a picture level, so if you show them a picture that you're okay, or on a love level, on that heart chakra, heart to heart. I think... Um, who was it? Uh, there was a woman who wrote a book about uh, doing the El Camino walk, um, Shirley MacLaine. And she had learned this technique of heart-to-heart communication with animals. And she encountered wild dogs. Mm, yes. And as terrified as she was in that story, she used the technique of the heart chakra connection and, and the dogs backed off and didn't bother her at all. Yeah. And this thing that Raphael is talking about on a daily basis, well, if if the animal is, you know, your animal companion living with you and everything, you can do that. But wild animals and animals 
that you don't see very often, well, you can't do that. But what I do know from uh, my years of communicating with dolphins and sea turtles, and I love the ocean. (laughs) And that's one of the things I think they especially pick up on is, oh, when I'm in the ocean, I'm at one with the ocean, and they're my friends, everybody in there. And um, uh, so they're very open, and they communicate incredibly. So I've been doing that with, say, dolphins for many years. And just in this last trip to Hawaii, I was in the ocean, and I was off by myself off of a boat, and a whole big pot of dolphins came and they're they're swimming by you know they're they have different stages these are the spinner dolphins and and they are nocturnal feeders so they go out to sea open sea uh at night to feed but they come back in the morning early morning and they'll either rest in a, a bay or they'll uh, rest and play a little bit and then go to sleep or they travel for a while before they find their where they're going to, you know, have their sleep time, rest time. So when they're traveling, they're going pretty fast as a whole pod, drive by, <laughs> swim by. And so we meet this uh, big pod of dolphins that are going on a spin, swim by. And I saw a lot of them, got to play with a few of them. And, and then the, uh, the, there's always a small subgroup that comes at the brings up the rear so to speak of the whole pod well i was uh everybody else was on the back on the boat so i thought oh yeah i better go back because i go pretty far out (laughs) and so i'm starting my swim back to the boat and all of a sudden the scragglers uh are bringing up the rear of the pod and there's about 12 of them and they're going really fast because they're catching up with the rest of the pod and so I stop and I just hang out underwater and they just go right by so fast it's almost like you can feel the reverberations going by that's it's going by so fast and I go wow but right as one of this very unusual looking dolphin female dolphin we got eye to eye contact and I go whoa that was something and then she goes by with the rest of her subpod a little while. And then she turns around, makes a U-turn, comes straight back for me with a couple other of the dolphins. So three of the dolphins came back, maybe it was four, came back and they circled me. And she was the one in the inner circle, eye-to-eye contact. And when we make a eye-to-eye contact with those dolphins, it's, it's locked in. It's a essence-to-essence, soul-to-soul contact communication there's no words there's no nothing it's just total connection and uh, so then she gives me a dolphin hug comes around she's only about like one inch away from my body bends her body in half practically circles around my body goes around in circles like that up and down and gave me all kinds of communication and then she goes, okay, I know you, remember? And then when she did that, all of a sudden, I remember very clearly from seven to eight years ago, oh, I know you. I've seen you before. And she goes, yeah. And once I, I recognized and acknowledged that, she goes, I'll see you again. And 
took off like a lightning to join the rest of her pod. They don't forget. Yeah, they really don't. They're quite, in fact, their brains are bigger than ours. They're quite intelligent creatures and very independent. So that's unusual. Well, our second break is coming right up. And I wanted to give you a heads up on our next major seminar weekend in Burlington, Vermont, September 21 and 22. If you've been wanting to see us in the eastern part of the country, here is your chance. It'll be a seminar weekend of celebrating your courage, compassion, and clairvoyance to help you see your way through these crazy, challenging times. When we return, we'll continue our exploration of communicating with animals. We'll see you in a couple of minutes. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The White House Doctor makes house calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in for Five Blossom Radio. Each week, host Denise Richard will discuss common interests in the fields of art, health, and spirituality. The series is arranged into three parts, focusing on Five Blossom Gatherings, the Four Voices Program, and Fires of Compassion. Every program is available on demand, so if you miss any part of the series live, be sure to catch up. Five Blossom Radio can be heard live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. What makes someone successful in their field? On Transformational Energy Leadership, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey speaks to amazing guests who share their ideas, advice, tips, and tricks as to what defines success for them. The result is positive transformation for you. You'll learn that personal energy is the key to make it work. And you'll hear through actual examples how to bring that positive transformation to life. Listen live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. How wonderful to have you back. Well, we're not on Old McDonald's Farm today, but we are exploring communicating with animals. And, you know, uh, in spite of the fact that Old McDonald had a farm <laughs> and Old McDonald was actually raising animals for food, um, most farmers have quite a connection with the animals that they take care of. But they also learn 
to to not be attached to them because of the the um, let's say the path of that animal to go into our food system. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that because um, some people get really upset about the fact that some people um, actually eat animals still. Um, we are an evolving species. And people will be eating animals. We have to forgive them of that. We still eat a little bit of animals ourselves. Although for many, many, many years, I'd say 25 years, we were vegan, vegetarians, and all that. This show isn't about judging people because they eat animals. But instead, just learning to be aware that animals are soul on their own soul's path. And that as we wake up, we become less and less in need our diets change. You know, I noticed that even when I first went to my spiritual training in the sense of I found out that certain things that I put in my body just didn't work anymore mm-hmm. as I as I came more into my body. Also, even the clothes I wore. You know, I love to wear, you know, super high heels and really tight clothes. And when I came into my body, I found out my body hated that. And so it, it also went that as I came more in my body, I realized that um, animals were not as necessary to keep my body going. But I certainly don't judge other people about that. And in fact, I wanted Michael to share this amazing story about one particular animal who was destined to be eaten. Yes. um, But that it was a very sacred place for this animal to sacrifice itself and when Michael tells this story, you'll understand when I say, you know, animals that are going through the process of, of being raised on farms and, and being used for animal food for humans and for other animals, um, they do have their path and eventually this will stop. But I'd like Michael to tell this amazing story that starts with a, a Native American situation. Yeah, uh, I was invited. This was um, in twenty. 2006. 2006, yeah, 2006. I was invited to be a dancer for the world's first uh, international um, Sundance. And the Sundance traditionally was uh, one of the most sacred ceremonies of the Lakota Sioux people. And um, uh, But there was this part of the prophecies that it had to go international. It had to be inclusive of all the native uh, nations around the world. So elders from everywhere, Australia, New Zealand, Peru, uh, Canada, North America, of course, Europe, everywhere came to this participate in this sacred dance ceremony. And uh, I was asked to be one of the dancers. And so long story, long, long story short, (laughs) we're about ready to start this the next uh, day. We did several days of preparations and setting the ground and everything and and uh, making it sacred. But uh, in the meantime, the chief, the main chief of this uh, Sundance had to go get the meat to provide for all the participants. Not The dancers aren't allowed to eat during the four days of the dancing or drink. <laughs> but but uh, the supporters have to be fed. So the tradition is they go, have to go get a buffalo to provide for all the hundreds of people who are going to go support uh, 
the the ceremony. The Sundance was actually being done on a buffalo uh, farm. On a buffalo ranch. Mm-hmm. And and so then he meditates most of the night and gets into communication with the chief of the buffaloes and says, this is what we're doing. And as you know, this is a very sacred ceremony. And But the, our people need to have food. And uh, traditionally, the buffalo is, is the food. We just need one of your people to offer himself so that we can feed, you know, a couple of hundred of our people. Uh, would that be possible? And he prays on this for most of the night. And early, early morning, he gets the answer and he goes, okay. And he gets shown where to go, when. So just after sunrise, he's supposed to meet the buffalo chief at this pasture area. This is not a person. This is actually one of the buffalo. One of the buffaloes, the main chief buffalo. And so he takes his rifleman, and uh, who's also a native uh, person who's done this, and they they walk quite a ways and over the hill and down to this particular pasture that he was shown. And sure enough, they're waiting there less than five minutes. And not only the buffalo chief, but his whole tribe comes following him. Amazing. And so then the two chiefs, the human chief and the buffalo chief, step forward. They greet, they bow to each other. The buffalo chief bows his head and the whole bit. And he goes into communication and says, this is what we need, repeats his prayer. And the buffalo chief nods and goes, okay. And goes back to the, the other buffalo that are all lined up in a single file you know, facing forward, but shoulder to shoulder, kind of a single file. And he walks from one end of the line of buffaloes to the other end. And he's communicating with each one and saying, we need one volunteer to feed all these people who are here to make sacred this land and to bring about peace and healing in this world. And so he goes back and forth and then he steps to the side one of the buffaloes steps forward and then nods up and down. And so then the buffalo chief comes to, to the uh, human chief and says, here's your volunteer. You may have him. And so that's, that's how uh, they got the buffalo meat. So the theme of this story, if anything, for those of you who are listening who this might upset a little bit, is, you know, when you're eating your food, even plants have souls, in in a sense, not, not the way animals are, um, the way they are, you know, more conscious and everything, but saying hello to your food source, saying hello yes. to that beautiful piece of steak you're eating and thank the spirit. Of that um, cow or that chicken or that turkey or that fish that you happen to be eating, um, you know, for giving up its life, for sustaining your life. Yeah, and I've also had this experience on a different level in uh, Raphael made the comment about, you know, the the fish in the aquarium at the fancy restaurant. Yes. Well, I've been to quite a few restaurants uh, uh, that were like seafood restaurants. And or even just nice restaurants that wanted to have the decor of 
freshwater aquariums or whatever. And I would love to sit next to the aquarium and communicate with the fish. And uh, while well, I have my breakfast or something, and I'm not eating the fish, but this is a good way to test your communication yeah. abilities, actually. And and every time there's at least one fish in there that responds completely. They'll uh, most of the time there'll be one fish. A lot of times in a freshwater aquarium, it's a big pocostomus. <laughs> They're one of my favorites. I love them, and they'll glue themselves to the glass next to where I am, as close as they can get. And we're in this communication throughout the whole time I'm there having uh, breakfast or lunch or whatever. And one time I was in a restaurant. I didn't realize I was taken there by as a guest. And, oh, these are aquariums with the food in them live. It's They're going to be prepared for you. And... I had a really hard time with that at first. And then I had to really come to peace with, okay, you know, I'm I'm not in the position to shut down the restaurant and it's not my place to do that. Okay, and I'm even going to be partaking in eating some of these, you know, uh, creatures. So I sat next to one of the big aquariums and I started talking with all the, you know, the crabs or lobster in one of the aquariums and and I start to give them all a healing and they completely settled down because they were aware you know their their claws are are uh, bound and they know okay soon somebody's gonna come and take me and I'm I'm dead and so I gave them communication and healing and they all settled down and they all came and clustered next to me in the one aquarium and um, it was it was a beautiful space, even though I knew, hey, they were going to go into boiling water soon. So it's enough to make anybody want to be a vegetarian, that's for sure. <laughs> <clears throat> and again, we're not uh, touting that at this point because we understand that some people need their meat and so on for their diets. But communicating with animals is important regardless of where you are on that chain. And just as a, a fun thing, one of the things I've noticed over over my lifetime is I've eaten eggs and I've not eaten eggs. And during the time periods, which is now for me, um, I'm not eating eggs again, I noticed very much that birds will communicate with me a lot more. So somehow in my aura, that shows. Yeah. And I'm talking about wild birds, not just birds in a pet store or something like that. And the opposite I've had too. Uh, there's been times I've eaten fish and times I don't eat fish. And when I first started having to eat fish for a little while because of repairing my heart muscles and stuff, um, I was wondering how the dolphins and everything will, will treat me in the ocean. And the first time I went in, they came around and they go, Oh, you're more like us now. <laughs> I, I thought, oh yeah, there's always two sides to every every situation. Exactly. But when he communicated with the dolphins about that, they reminded him, hey, we eat fish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which <is> kind of <laughs> funny. <laughs> All right. Well, we're getting very close to the end of the show, so I want to make a couple more comments here. Um, I wanted to say the name of that book one more time that I recommended at the beginning of this show. 
It was called Kinship with All Life, and the author is J. Allen Boone, B-O-O-N-E. It was um, written in 1976. It's really a thrilling, beautiful book. Um, There is also Ted Andrews, Animal Speak and Animal Wise. This is more noticing animals as symbols in your life. When certain animals show up in your life, what do they mean? And Penelope Smith is the grandmother of all animal communicators. She coined the word animal communicator, and she trained thousands of animal communicators, has a ton of books out, and some of her animal communicating students are now quite famous themselves. And again, just like Raphael said earlier in the show, it's everyone innately communicates, knows how to communicate with animals. So own that first, even if you go uh, study with a really expert teacher, own that first, you already communicate with animals. And and then you want to take a next step to do that more effectively. Absolutely. Okay. Well, believe it or not, we're at the end of today's show, and we're so happy that you could join us today. Be sure to join us again next Wednesday. You're going to love this one. Hello from the other side. Why communicate with spirit? We'll go into many aspects of communicating with spirit in the spirit realms. Also, be sure to check out our new teleclass series in our uh, teleclass series, You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think. And this seven-week round is called Your Psychic Development, Your Happiness, and Your Chakras. The first teleclass on your first chakra will be on this Saturday, August 24th from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific Time. And you can always get the download recording if you can't join us live. Check our website events listing for August for all the details and to sign up. You can also get more information or sign up by calling our office and speaking to our lovely assistant, Noelle, at 530-926-2650. We welcome you to join us. Until then, be inspired. Use your imagination and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Thank you for joining us on Facebook and on voiceamerica.com Empowerment Channel. We will see you next week. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.